So, um, we're going we're gonna to start talking about the enemies, three of them, and tonight is the flesh. Um, I wanted to wear a bright pineapple-y type shirt because it's kind of a, you know, to offset the somber tone of the teaching. So, like <laughs> yeah, so you can look at the pineapple shirt. Um, <laughs> the forbidden fruit. Maybe it was a pineapple. No, because they don't grow on trees. All right. Well, let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the opportunity once again to, to come apart and um, come together as, as, as a part of the body of Christ here at Fathom and, and learn about your things. And we just pray again, as, as we prayed last week, that, that what we talk about would be practical and helpful, that your Holy Spirit would help us to understand. And um, it, it would come out that we have lives that are more honoring to you because of what we're studying these days. So we commit it into your hands. Those people on the way, help them to get here um, safely and quickly. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, the flesh. So we're going to study um, the flesh, the world, the devil. Um, and though we'll talk about each of these separately, uh, almost never is a temptation or a struggle that you have uh, a challenge from only one of the enemies. Um, it's almost always two and quite likely three. So just, just figure that. You know, it just makes sense. Um, I mean, if, if, you're, if you're struggling with something that's taking you down emotionally or spiritually or taking you down a wrong path or you're making a wrong decision, and, hey, Satan's like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour, don't you think he's there? I mean, is he going to let that opportunity pass? Uh, no, he's going to be pushing, pushing, influencing, and everything. So just just assume, and we'll talk about that, but just assume we're going to talk about the flesh, but realize even though we talk about them separately, um, they, they attack together. So um, the flesh is, sarks is the Greek word. So the flesh is the King James translation of the Greek word, Sark. So it's kind of come into, you know, we talk about the world, the flesh and the devil. Um, even though in these days we don't use the word flesh very much. And I don't know, flesh is like this stuff. Well, um, you can see on your, pa on your paper there, um, this, wor this Greek word literally does mean meat or muscle. So if you're going to have a piece of meat, it was a sarks, a piece of sarks. Um, and that's like in John 6.52, I, I printed this out because this is technical stuff, and I didn't want you to have to write down notes and everything if you want to remember this stuff. Um, John 6.52 says, The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? They thought that he would give him actually his body, this physical stuff to eat. So the flesh can mean that. Um, number two, it can be used of living beings or mankind in general as living beings in the Bible. So like in Acts 2.17, in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. What does that mean? All people. So he's just using that as a word for people. Um, number three, it is used in the New Testament for the body or physical part of a person as opposed to the immaterial 
part, the soul or the spirit. That's like in Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit is our, your, your, your emotions, your will. Yeah, you want to do this, but your body, the flesh, is just, ugh, can't do it. It just falls asleep, all right? So that's just your body, the physical body. So I can talk about that. But number four, uh, from this Number three, it takes on the moral meaning of the human nature, the internal workings of humans in their natural state without God, without the spirit, okay? Just their natural state. This is the sense throughout Romans 8. Let's look at Romans 8 for a minute. Um, let's just quick open up if you've got Bibles. Um, you need to have Bibles. If I mean, there's, they're, they're in the seat. And uh, so let's... Let's look at this just quickly. We're not going to dig into this yet, but just so you get the idea here, um, look at verses 4, starting in verse 4. You can get the idea. Think about this. This is the sense of a moral meaning of the flesh, the workings of humans, um, of the internal workings of humans in their natural state without God. I'm going to read the NIV, and the NIV actually uses the word, the sinful nature. Well, in Greek, that's the word flesh. Okay, so listen to this. Um, Verse four, Uh, where are we here? Um, In order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, the flesh, the sarks, but according to the spirit. So you can see he's setting up a dichotomy here. The, 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 the sinful human nature and the spirit. And then verse five, those who live according to the sinful nature, sarks, the flesh, have their minds set on what, the, what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. So it's the dichotomy about, of the spiritual side of us and the fleshly human nature side of us, how we would be if we didn't have the Spirit of God, okay? So, um, so it's the moral meaning, number four, of the flesh we are talking about when we speak of the flesh as the enemy of God's people, all right? Now, here's the important point. The flesh is not some foreign being, element, power, or influence that has somehow entered into mankind to corrupt him and fight against his good nature and tendencies, all right? Rather, the flesh is human nature, all right? You got that? Um, Let me say that again. The flesh is not some foreign being, element, power, or influence that has somehow invaded, entered into mankind, into our lives, our hearts, to corrupt us and so fight against our good nature and tendencies. No, rather the flesh is human nature, all right? So that's, that's very important. Um, let me just go back to that. So this is why many Bibles translate Sarks as the sinful human nature or human nature, all right? And the use of the flesh as the designation for this enemy can make us think that we're talking about some strange thing that's entered into us. Um, 
or make us think that it's actually just our physical bodies that are our enemies. Um, this tends to distract us, using the word flesh, from what this enemy really is. It's us. It's ourselves. It's how, how we are inside. Um, thus, for the rest of this study, we will not refer to this enemy as the flesh, but rather as our human nature or our sinful nature. Okay, so you got that? Does that make sense? Any questions, comments? All right. So that's just background. You need to know that stuff, um, where this word uh, comes from. So um, let's look. The human nature since Genesis 3. So we studied Genesis 3 last week, and um, it taught us a lot about the sinful nature our human natures, as they are now since the fall. So those tendencies that developed in even Adam in chapter 3, we see now are part of normal human life. The normal human nature has the tendencies that we saw in even Adam in, in Genesis 3. So let's review that. I've got them down there for you, just so you can have them as, as a review. Um, it is natural for us to do what? Distrust the goodness of God. Goodness of God. Where did we get that in the story last week? Where did you see that? Yeah, did God not say? Yeah, that was, that was the gist of Satan's attack. Um, number two, it is natural for us to do what? What's number two? Where did we see that? Where did we see that last week? Yeah, or you will what? You will die. And what did Satan say? Yeah, you're not going to die. You know, God says, yeah, we're not going to die, die. You might die a little bit, but it's not going to be that bad. It's not going to be that bad. And so, yeah, so we, we, it's, that's natural for us to do. We naturally distrust those warnings and say to ourselves, it can't be that bad. Um. And so we set ourselves up as better judges of consequences than God is. God says, it's, it's going to be bad. We say, hey, it's not going to be that bad. We're saying, oh, yeah. Mm, I know how to judge these things better than you do, God. I mean, you know, it's me. All right, number three. It's natural for us to do what? Number three. Okay, set up our own good. Where did we see that last week? What was the good, what, was, what, was, what were the criteria of good and bad that Eve set up for herself? Yep, yep, yep. So rather than saying, okay, God, what, let, me, let, me, let me look at you and see, you know, what's good and bad. I'm going to make that decision myself. And I'm not going to use your criteria. I'm going to use my criteria. Okay? And so we do, that's natural. That's, that comes naturally to us. Um, that's how we live. Um, 
We like to say to ourselves, no, I know it's good for me, all right? Number four, it is natural for us to do what? Where'd we see that last week? Yeah, I mean, Eve ate the fruit thinking, this is a great thing I'm doing here. This is going to be a good thing. Um, she didn't eat it thinking, oh, no, I'm going to do this, but it's going to be bad for me. No, she ate this thing thinking, that's good. And so this is natural for us to do. We do evil thinking it's good stuff. All right? I hope you're relating to this. And you're thinking, you're looking, you're looking and saying, oh, man, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's right, too. I see that. All right, number five. It's natural for us to do what? Number five. How did we see that last week? <laughs> she was talking to a lizard. Yeah. I mean, if you can think a lizard is more significant than God, then, wow, crazy, man. And, and, I mean, look at what we believe. Look at who we go to to, to inform our decisions and stuff. Um, instead of the, the almighty God who created us, man, it's just this, you just see this in, in mankind and society and ourselves. Number six, it is natural for us to, to do what? All right, I think we know better than God. Yeah, and number seven, it is natural for us to do what? I think we can do better for ourselves. Okay, we think we're going to get a better deal. We think we're going to be better off. We think we can, we can have more fun if we skirt around God, that if we go God's way, it ain't going to be fun. It, it, it's just something we're going to have to do, but it's not good. It's just kind of one of those things you have to put up with. Um, so we all saw that. So that is the natural. When we say uh, uh, the human nature, it is natural for us to do those things. I guess I had those up there too. So let's just do that. All right. So that's from last week. Now let's look. That, that We learned all that from Genesis 3. That's why it's so important. I mean, that's the foundation, that's the basis of, of when we'd say, hey, mankind has a sinful human nature. That's what it's talking about. We get it from there. But there's more development of this in the New Testament. We, we get a lot of stuff. I mean, we could, you can do a survey of the whole Bible, but we don't have time to do that. I'm just gonna, we're just going to look at some key passages here. So, um, but first of all, oh, let me go back there. Let's see. What do you notice about all these tendencies Maybe it's too obvious that you don't even see it. What's, what's, what's common to these things? There's probably a number of things. What do you see? It's about us, and it's not about God. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely, yep. What else? That's probably, you know, at the heart of what sin is. Yeah, what else? What, what were you going to say, Grant? Did you? I mean, um, it seems like everything is just, yeah, just going off 
Yeah, has to do with pride. Yeah. And there's something there. And, and, and absolutely, I, th- those are part of when I look at this, I see that. And, and I think John hit the nail on the head. And there's a second thing here that these are all, these aren't acts. These are what? These are inner states of mind, attitudes, feelings, okay, ideas. They're inner, inner stuff. So this sets up the pattern. Um, this sets up the pattern in the Bible. In the Bible, um, there's the inner, and that produces the outer, okay? And the crux of it is right here. The crux of it. If you just deal with this stuff, you're not dealing with where it's really coming from. And that's what Jesus kept trying to tell people. And that's where the Pharisees and, and, and legalistic religion doesn't do anything because it's, it's, it's getting people to do things out here, to say the right things, to do the right things, but it's doing nothing for this. And this is where the problem is. See, that's where the problem is. So you've got to change the inner. So that's the Bible's perspective, okay? You've got to change that inside. Um, so... This is where the problem is, and this is where the cure. This is the problem area, but it's also where the cure has to be, all right? So just think about that in terms of salvation. And this is where, why legalistic Christianity is, is bogus, doesn't do anything, okay? It's this. And then when this is cured and, and helped, then this follows. All right, so that's the biblical pattern. All right, so let's read Mark. Um, we see it right here. Mark 7, 21. Um, before we get there, somebody read Mark 7, 21. It's just a short verse. Etc. Etc. Okay, where do they come from? From out of the heart. Okay, so that's what that's that's just affirming this, and um, yeah, it's out of the heart. It's out of this this kind of stuff. It's out of this. It's out of this that these bad things come. Okay, all right. Now, Paul in Romans. So now we're going to go. So look at Romans seven seven through nine. Paul in Romans gives us a striking personal example of how this resist God tendency of the human nature works. This is remarkable. This is, this is Paul's personal experience. Romans 7, 7 through 9. If somebody has it, just read that for us.
Now that's interesting. The key, the key phrase is, reread verse nine for us. Okay, so what tendency of the human heart do those verses bring to light? Rebellion? Rebellion? Yeah? Explain that. What do you mean, rebellion? Okay. We all of a sudden, that's exactly what he says here. He said, I'm okay until somebody tells me what? Don't do that. And then, boom, the sinful nature comes alive and says what? I'm not going to do that. You might have been doing that before. You know? You might have been doing that before because you wanted to. But as soon as somebody says, you have to do that, you're going to dig in your heels and say, well, I'm not going to do that. Simply because somebody said, don't do it. Is that true? Do you see that? Is that something we see? I mean, I, if you have kids, you know that's true. Anybody, you know? Absolutely, yeah. The reverse, that's what we call reverse psychology. And it works. It works, people. It's, it's playing on this. This is what it is, you know? You know, you got a two-year-old, and, and, and uh, you know, you tell the two-year-old on the coffee table, there's a, the, you, you place, there's a, there's a, I don't know what, it, it's a, maybe a, it's a dragon lamp for your six-year-old daughter, and you want to, it's a birthday present. You set it on the table because you want her to see it when she comes home from school, and you tell the two-year-old, now, don't touch that. That's for your sister, and then you go in the bathroom. What's going to happen? You know what's going to happen. She, the little kid just has to. Now, what's that has to? What is that? It's the human nature. That's exactly what the Bible's talking about. It's real. And it's, sometimes it's, it, we laugh at it, but this is it. This is the real thing. We don't teach our kids to do that. Nobody teaches your kid to do that. It just, that's just the way we are. Um, my, my son, Matt, he went to Rafale Academy, boarding school in Kenya, and, and he, he, he told us one time, he, they always tell, tell you this later, a long time after, um, he said, you know, they were living in the dorm, midnight, they went out to the, to the um, uh, football field, took off all their clothes and streaked across the football field naked. What's that all about? What's the thrill in that? What's the thrill? Why? Because it's something that you weren't supposed to do. And there's just some kind of a thrill that gets us because we do something that we're not supposed to do. And it just thrills us, turns us on. It's great, you know? And so um, what is that? I mean, that was benign, but that's what the sinful nature is all about. If somebody says, don't do something, immediately the urge comes to do it, to resist that authority. It's an authority resistance thing. Um, so we do. We dig in our heels as soon as somebody tells us, don't do that, um, or you must do that, okay? Um, 
you know, it comes out in bumper sticker, bumper sticker. I've seen nice girls have no fun. What's, what's, the, what's the implication behind that? That if you want to have fun, what do you need to do? You need to have to break the rules. If you're really going to have fun, you've got to run that end run around God and the requirements of what it means to be good. Another one, when people say, get a life. What do they mean by that? Yeah, it means, and live a little. What does that mean? It means if you're just living by the rules, you ain't living. Isn't that what it means? Well, that's human nature. Let's see it for what it is. I mean, that's, I mean, sometimes you kind of, you know, we just smile at that. We just say, well, that's funny. That's the way Americans are and everything. That's human nature. Okay? I came from Adam and Eve. All right? All right. So that's, that's what we're talking about. Um, that's what Paul gives, gives us illustration of. He says, I was once alive apart from law. I was doing, basically what he's saying was, I was okay. And then somebody told me not to do something. And man, I had all kinds of problems. That's what he's saying here. <laughs> and that's true. All right, let's look at Galatians. All right, let's look at Galatians. Um, Galatians 5, 19 to 21. Somebody find that one and read that. We're going to come back to this. This is, this is kind of a key passage here. So we'll, 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 we'll talk about this a um, couple times here. So um, Galatians 5, 19 to 21. Somebody read it. Okay, so what's all the, what's this what's this list about? What is that? What 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 is it? Well, he says the works of the flesh. So that's the word. The human nature are evident. Now, think about that word. Are evident. So what he's doing is he's giving us a list of in that day that society. He said, just look around. It's obvious. Look at these things that we see all around us. So he's giving a list of things that the people of that day in Galatia could look around and say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I see that. Oh, I see that. Some of those we don't maybe relate to, you know, and some of that puts us off. We see orgies and stuff. And we say, well, this list isn't for me, you know. I'm not, I'm not the orgy type of guy. So, um, or, you know... Um, you see idolatry, sorcery. You say, well, I'm not, I don't have any of those statues in my home. I'm, I, I, I'm not into sorcery. Give me a break, man. So you look at this list and you say, well, this isn't for me. Um, but we could make the same kind of list today of things that when we look around and say the works of the flesh of the human sinful nature are evident, it would it includes some of these, but there'd be some different ones, all right? Um, there might not be idolatry, because I think when he was talking about idolatry, he was talking about actually idols out there, even though we know that idolatry can be, you know, money can be an idol and stuff like that. I think he was just talking about, you guys have idols. You see this around? People are worshiping idols, okay? Um, that's part of that tendency, people to believe and put their trust in just about anything, a piece of wood for Pete's sake, a piece of wood, 
instead of God. I mean, that's that whole human tendency. Anyway, so, um, so a lot of times we read these lists and we say, yeah, there were a lot of nasty people back then, and that I guess there still are today, but um, we don't think of it in terms of ourselves. So I want to look at some of these and just, um, some of it's the way these words are translated. I want to look at some of these. You've got them down there. Um, of course, there's sexual immorality. He talks about that. We all know what that is, and that's relevant no matter what age we're in. Um, but then it talks about impurity. This word just means dirty. It means dirty, as in dirty books. It means as in dirty movies. As it means like in dirty talk. It means like when you say, that was dirty business. It's the kind of things for which we might say, if Jesus were participating in this with me, he'd be embarrassed. He wouldn't like it. He might leave. It's that kind of stuff. Um, and it's the kind of stuff that maybe even makes us feel dirty after. You know, maybe kind of have a good time. That's, that's what it is, impurity, dirty. So you read impurity, and I don't know, it doesn't really compute, but when you say dirty, yeah, that, that, our, our, our human nature leads us into dirty. It's attracted to that stuff for some stupid reason. We're attracted to that kind of stuff naturally. All right? And then um, you got sensuality. Well, that's, that sounds like, you know, really serious stuff. But the Greek word means resisting restraint. We resist the human nature. We are built so that we resist restraint. The desire, it's the desire and the tendency to do what we want, what feels good without restraint, pushing at the limits. We have a hard time. That means we have a hard time getting ourselves to not do what feels good. That's why diets are so hard. It's, we just, it's just human nature. It's really, really really, really hard for us to say no to what we think feels good. I mean, those, those laws of the sinful heart, those three things. It's hard for us to say no to those things. You know, that's just human nature. Um, so if you wonder, where does this come from? Man, I'm working on this, but I can't. That's your human nature. That's the way we are, all right? Um, that's why I love the Bible. It's so real. I mean, this is, this is how we are. This describes human Human beings to the T. Um, idolatry, sorcery, yeah. How about enmity? Enmity, it, 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 you can see in there, it's, it's, it's a cognate of the word enemy. It's treating people, the Greek word means to treat people as enemies. So you treat them badly, you wish bad upon them. Man, is that, isn't that the way it is? Somebody, somebody, you're a vegan and the, the guy that you're chatting with online is not a vegan and you just go ballistic and you, you treat that person like they're some kind of nasty person. I mean, you just see that. That's, where's that coming from? That's human nature, all right? So you have um, strife. Strife, the Greek word means to take issue with everything. <laughs> Don't we see that? I mean, somebody writes something in the neighborhood. What is that thing, neighborhood... Um, Next door, yeah, the next door thing. Somebody says some benign thing. And the first, people are just taking issue with everything. It's just ridiculous. I'm telling Lori, don't read that stuff. It just gets her worked up, you know? She gets all up. You know, this guy just said this little thing, and look at what all these people are saying. Yeah, that's human nature. 
That shouldn't surprise us. It bothers us and makes us feel like, what's going on in this world? But it's human. The Bible says this is human nature. It's natural. We tend to be that way. Jealousy means hot enough to boil. It's, it, it can be positive, like zeal. You're zealous for Christ. It's, it's used in that way. But it's also a tendency to let our feelings and emotions, our opinions, just boil. Boil. And not, not keep them at a reasonable level. It's just natural for us to let those things boil. Um, rivalries. It means to seek, gain, and influence at the and influence and advantage over others by any means. Okay, man, you see that, huh? Office politics, dissensions, divisions, factions. The tendency. To, this is the tendency to take sides with an in group and an out group. These are my these are my people. Those are not my people. My people I treat nice. Those people, mm-mm. Okay, in-group, out-group, dissensions. Envy. Oh, man. One of, the, the, um, one of the dictionaries that talked about this word in Greek had this quote. It said, it's the miserable trait of being glad when someone experiences misfortune or pain. It's the bitterness over others' good fortune when we look at ourselves and say, I'm not quite so fortunate. Look on Facebook, and you're looking at all those people and all the cool things they're doing, and you're going, um, envy, you know? You start to feel bad because you don't have that stuff, and you kind of say, what, you know, what's with them? And, you know, anyway. So we see it all. I'm just saying, this, this, there, there are some stuff in here that maybe doesn't relate, but... This list is full of stuff that is part of our lives, and we, don't, we shouldn't wonder where it comes from. It, it, it's our human nature, and it's not good, all right? The Bible says these things are not good. Now, so we got all those things. Now, here's, the, here's a big proviso, all right? We are still made in the image of God. So these are not the only things that come out of the human being, all right? Praise the Lord, you know? We are made in the image of God, so there are some beautiful things that come out of mankind still, despite all this. Beautiful music, beautiful thoughts, beautiful ideas, beautiful deeds, beautiful acts that are, that are the remnants of the uh, image of God that's still in us. So this isn't the only stuff but there's also the human nature that just taints everything. It just taints everything. All the good is kind of mixed in with that. And so you've got this, these bright colors, and then you've got this kind of nasty brown goop called the human nature, and it mixes in with all of those bright, wonderful colors, and it becomes just kind of a nasty mess, okay? So um, that's the Bible picture. Um, that's why, you know, wearing something to bright to brighten this up here. So, um, let's read, let's read Romans 7, 18 to 23 now. Okay. So back to Romans 7. Somebody has that. As soon as you get it, read it. 
This again, Paul going back to his testimony that just um, brings, makes it very, very personal again. So let's, let's hear it. Romans 7, 18 to 23. That's right, absolutely. Yeah, continue on. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, I, now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be in a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close as rain. Keep going. Twenty-two. In twenty-three. Okay. Wow. Does that? Do you resonate with that? Um, I think the key one is verse 20, 21. So I find it a law or a principle. Um, that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. Anybody relate to that? Anybody relate to that? That's, that's the reality of life. The Bible hits it right on the nail on the head, you guys. Hits the nail on the head. That's it. And that, that's, that's the human nature. That's not something out there that entered into us that's trying to corrupt us because we're so good we're not. This is us. This is the way we are. That thing, that principle that is evil at hand is our, sin, our sinful natures that we were born with. So um, it's this stuff right here, and that's where the problem is, you see? All right. Um, so so, we're, so here we are. We're people made in the image of God but we've got the human nature and now we've got now we've got the new nature we as Christians okay and that's what Paul's talking about so within us people created in the image of God um, we've got a new nature that Paul says man I want to do good and that comes from the spirit it's the spirit and the word of God that's working in me and showing me what's good to do and I really want to do that stuff but the human nature. And there's this, he says, there's a warfare going on there. Look at that. He says that in verse, um, uh, verse 23, but I see in my members another law waging war. It's, a, it's, a, it's war, so spiritual warfare. So the spiritual warfare that we're talking about here is, is right here. It's, it's, it's right in here, all right? And it's causing the problems out here, all right? So you got this? Does this make sense? Questions? Comments? Okay. So um, let's go back to Galatians 5, 16 to 26. So now let's, with that background, let's go back to this passage, read the whole thing. Somebody who has it, let's, let's read it 
and, and um, get the whole gist of what Paul's talking about here. Okay, let's stop there. So your translation, do you get that? Self, the, trend, the words translated selfish desires, that's sarks, okay? That's the flesh. So that's this version's translation of that word flesh. Okay, go ahead. Let's stop right there for a sec. Now, that, that throws people off there because people say, well, doesn't that sound like works, works righteousness? People that do those things. So if I avoid doing those things, I'll be in heaven. If I do those things, I won't be in heaven. Well, what, what's, but what, what's the Bible's perspective? Talk about that, that verse in light of this. What's it really saying? If you're walking in the spirit, you won't want to do those things. Okay. That's true. Well, you might you might want to, but you won't. Okay. Um here um the outer stuff. So here's a list of some stuff, you know, like drunkenness, sexual immorality. Where do those things come from? They come from in here. So this is saying that if you're doing these things, it's an absolute sign that the Spirit of God is not in your life. You don't know Jesus. There's been no healing, no cure no salvation that has entered into your life. You might call yourself a Christian, but it's all outward. So don't think that you'll enter the kingdom of heaven if all you're doing is calling yourself a Christian and there's been no cure of the inner man. There's no spirit of God in there. There's no, there's no Jesus inside. If there's Jesus inside, these outer things will start to change. Absolutely. They will start to change. If they're not changing, you're not going to get into the kingdom of heaven. Why? Not because you're doing those things, but because you don't have Jesus. You, don't, you, don't, you have never received salvation. Okay? So that's the Bible's perspective. All right? Um, all right. So... Keep reading now. I just wanted to stop and, t and comment on that because that's an interesting verse. Okay, continue.
Okay. Um, so, this, this talks about, I like the heading in your Bible. It says, what, what's the heading of this? Of the, okay, what are those two different ways of living? Living in the flesh, okay. And what's that? What's that about? What's living in the flesh? What does that mean? Put that in your own words. Self-centered, okay. What else comes to mind? Living, living in the flesh, okay. Let's let's translate that. Living according to your human nature. Let's change it even a little bit more. Living according to what comes naturally. Okay? So there's a way of living that is just living according to what comes naturally. All those tendencies that we started out with and have been listing here, um, you can live that way. Or you can live being what? What's the second way of living? Okay, here it talks about, it uses different phrases. It uses, um, let's see, it talks about, in my version, it talks about walking in the Spirit. It talks about being led by the Spirit. It talks about living in the Spirit. It talks about or, or um, keeping in step with the Spirit. I think they all kind of talk about the same thing. How is that in contrast with doing what comes naturally just what your human nature says that you should do. How is that different? What kind of different life is that? How does it work? Okay. There's a direction there, being led by the Spirit. So you're looking for direction from the Spirit of God, and the primary source of the Spirit's direction is the Word of God, okay? So you're looking for, your eyes are open. You're not looking in here and saying, oh, that feels good. What, what's natural? What? You're looking out there and saying, I know that there's a lot of stuff in here that just isn't good. And if I follow that, I'm going to be in trouble. It's not going to be good. So I'm, I'm, I've, got another, I'm, I've got another way of life. I'm going to be led by the Spirit. I'm going to keep my eyes open for what the Spirit of God, where he's leading me. Okay, what else? What else can you say about that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and and that's key. Um, we got to know this stuff. We got to have it because the human nature is so pervasive. I mean, it's us. I mean, we're we live in it. Um, that the only way to counteract that influence that was so natural to us, and we've lived with it. I mean, I, I became a Christian when I was twenty years old. That's a lot of years of living directed by my own sinful nature to, ha- to be overcome. Um, yeah, there's a lot of work to, to get into the word of God and find out, okay, all right, I want to know this. I want to know this because I want to counteract what my human nature is telling me to do, all right? Um, but let's, let's, uh, let's see. 
according to these verses, what is God's purpose in giving us the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I mean, it's more specific in, in, uh, in those verses there, especially um, verses 22, 23. Yeah, the Spirit of God. His purpose is to develop in us, to give us the kind of life that, that the outer part of it is not all that junk that's listed above, but is the stuff listed in verse 22, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Isn't that wonderful stuff? I mean, as Christians, as a Christian, I look at that and I say, that's, that's what I want. And it's like David, and he, he said, I, I rejoice in the law of the Lord. I do. I, I say that and I say, I want to live like that. I want my family to be characterized by that. I want my church. I want the whole society. Think of it if the whole world were characterized by these things instead of what's produced by our human natures. I rejoice. I said, that's what I want. I want it with all my heart. See? And that's what the Spirit does. And that's what Paul was saying back in Romans 7. He said, that's what I want too. The problem is I still have this human nature problem. It's still there, but slowly but surely, I'm, those, those tendencies of the human nature, I'm putting them down. I'm putting them down. They're still there. I'm putting them down, but I'm, they're still there, but I'm putting them down. I'm putting them down. And what's coming out is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, which is what I want, okay? So what's, what's growth in the spirit? The growth in the spirit is just that. You see less and less of that garbage, more and more, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Um, so, um, in fact, let me, let me go, let me, let me just... Um, Somebody read 1 Peter 2.24. Why did Christ die for us on the cross? According to this verse. Okay, to heal us. Yes. And what it, how does he describe that? To die to, to die to sin, which is the human nature, all the stuff that the human nature wants to, and to live for righteousness. And then it says, by his wounds, you have been healed. That's one of the most misapplied verses in the Bible. Because what's, what's, what, what wounds, what, what sickness does Je- Jesus Christ's wounds heal according to this verse? This garbage, right here. It's that stuff right here. 
You know, I don't, I mean, it's, it's great to be healed of cancer. But there's no guarantee Jesus didn't die. His blood wasn't shed so that I wouldn't get cancer. His blood was shed so that he could heal my inner being and so that I wouldn't produce all this garbage, but I would produce love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, and be an honor and glory to Christ. That's why he died. And he didn't die just to get you to heaven. Nothing said here about heaven. Heaven is for people like that who have been healed inside so that we can all... What, what would heaven be like if, if a bunch of people went there that had never been healed inside? Just took their human natures right on up there. Made it all start all over again. Okay? So Jesus died to heal us. By his wounds, we are healed right here. And the healing process begins. And so that human nature begins to be crucified, put to death. All right? Um, so... Um, so verse 25, let's close here. Verse 25 and 26 of Galatians 5. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Okay? Think about that. If we, to live by the Spirit is to keep in step by the, with the Spirit. Because I, 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 I struggle to get a a, uh, a practical handle on what it means to be to live by the Spirit of God. I think that picture really helps me. I don't know if it helps you, but it, it's saying that um, the Spirit is heading in a direction. What direction is he heading? Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. That direction, the things that, and if you look at those things, those are the things that make us like Christ. All right? and the things that glorify Christ. So he's heading in that direction. So what's our life supposed to be like? The Spirit takes a step in that direction. What are we supposed to do? Well, keep in step with the Spirit. You take a step. The Spirit does not grab you and drag you along where you don't want to go. If you still love that stuff, you're still enamored by that stuff, you still think it's cool to go out and crowse every once in a while, and when people say, get a life, you say, yeah, that's right, I need to get a life. Um, or when people say, get a life, are you saying, I don't want to get a life. I have a life. I've got Jesus. I'm, I'm heading towards love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. I don't want that stuff when you say, get a life. That means nothing to me. And so you're, you're taking a step. He's not going to drag you into that. You're going to have to want that. But he takes a step in that direction, and what do you do? He's, he's, he's urging you. He's encouraging you. He doesn't drag. He urges. He informs. He advises. He encourages. But he doesn't drag. And so what do you have to do? You've got to take the step, all right? And he takes another step. And the thing is, I, th I think of the Holy Spirit as a per personal trainer. He lives with me all the time. He's my personal trainer. And he knows exactly what I need. He knows those steps I need. The steps I need to take are different than Kyle's. You know, personal trainer, that's what he does, you know, um, or she. Looks at you, figures out where you're at, what your strengths and weaknesses are, and, and works to develop the best in you 
They're, they're working physically. The Holy Spirit is working spiritually in your, in your very character, your very inner being. So the Spirit knows. So the Spirit is, 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 is helping you take steps. It's, okay, now do this, do this. And you respond, you do this, okay? Um, now, as you, as you respond, you know there's going to be that pull. There's going to be that pull the other direction. That's that human nature. And you've got to just say no, no. So it's kind of like this. It's kind of like, I, I, I picture it as leaning. I lean away. I lean away from that stuff. I lean into the Spirit. As you're leaning into the Spirit, every step you take into the Spirit like this, you're leaning away. You're taking a step away from that stuff that your human nature is telling you that is good for you to do. So um, that's, that's, that's the warfare of the flesh. That's what it looks like. So we all, we're, we're all facing it. So I think the big ideas tonight are that I hope it's obvious that this is, well, let me give you an example. I just, I was just driving tonight. Just, I went for a run quick before I came here. So I got to get out. I've been working all day on this stuff in the office. So, and, and down a mineral, you know, down at Jackass Hill, that there's a, there's the left turn there. And um, I was coming up, turned left off of Santa Fe, was in the left-hand lane. And uh, there was, there's the, the, you know, there's a left-hand turn there, lane going off. And some guy didn't get in that lane, but he wanted to turn left. So you know what he did? He just stopped there. He just stopped there and waited for the whole line in the left-hand turn lane to pass, and then he got over and went. And I was right behind this guy. All right, so what do you think the human nature was urging me to do? Honk the horn. What else? Flip him off. I don't do that, but yeah. The, the Christian equivalent, you know. Yeah, get mad, get angry, you know. Go, you know, as you go by, that's, that's the human nature. That comes naturally, you guys. That's just nature. I don't want that. I don't want that. So did that urge come? Yes, it did. And it'll, it'll keep coming because it's part of who we are. But what do you need to do? You, say that, you need to say to yourself, Gary, that's stupid. You're going to sit here an extra five seconds. Big deal. Is it worth doing something stupid, idiotic like that? Just cool your heels, man. That's what the Spirit is trying to tell me. And I said, okay, Spirit, that's what I'm going to do. So I just sat there, waited. I looked at my watch. Yeah, it was like four seconds. And I thought, okay, good. And I went on, and I felt good. You know what happens when you give in to the human? The, the, you feel dirty. You go down the road, and you're just, you're just all boiling and nasty inside. And you think about that all the way up the street. Whereas I did that and I felt good. I didn't think about that. And, you know, I, the other thing I thought is, you know, I do stupid things too. And I hope that people will cut me the kind of slack that I cut that guy. Because, man, I, I know, I'm an old man, you know, 70 years old. I do, I do crazy things when I'm driving. So um, um, I hope people are, are cutting me some slack too. So anyway, that's kind of how it works. And it works in little things. It works in big things, the temptations for sexual temptation, whatever it is, um, it, 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 it works. Um, we're over time. Okay, maybe I'll say a few more things next week um, and uh, to, to wrap this up. There's, there's a lot we can talk about on this. Um, but I just want to say, this is the most dangerous enemy. This is the worst enemy. Why? 
We often think, we often think that it's Satan. Satan's a piece of cake compared to this. Why do we say that? <laughs> this is it. You cannot command your flesh to leave you. You can command Satan. But when I'm up here teaching you, where's that enemy? He's right here. When Chris is up here preaching, that enemy's right here, right? And all those tendencies of pride and whatever, uh, they're there. It's there. We're fighting it all the time. When you go to sleep at night, it's there. When you wake up in the morning, it's there. It's there in your dreams. It's there, it's there, it's there, it's there. That's the worst enemy, you know? So um, we'll study the other ones, but this is the big gun. And the other ones kind of all, are all related to this one. This is like they're all connected into this. All right, so let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for this time to study, again, the, the flesh. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not encouraging to think about who we are, um, but it's true. And when we read this stuff in your word, we're saying, yeah, that's us, man. And so um, we thank you that there's healing, that by Christ's death on the cross, we can be healed in here not just healed of cancer or whatever, but healed in here such that we will be the kind of people who can actually live with you in holiness for all eternity. What an amazing thing. So we just thank you for that. Help us in our, in our struggle against the flesh. In Jesus' name, amen.